Hey, Selfish Babe, if you've ever wanted to start your own podcast, I recommend trying Anchor by Spotify. It's the platform I love for podcasting. I really love it because some days you just want to get out what you want to say easily, and the Anchor app allows you to record your podcast right from your phone. One of my favorite things I love about Anchor is that you can add background music to each episode and cut audio quickly to add in advertisements. Anchor will distribute your podcast to all the major platforms like Apple, Spotify, Google, and more. Anchor is free. To get started, go to anchor.fm to start your podcast today. Maybe one day you'll be making millions from your podcast. Hey love, welcome to the Selfish Bay Podcast, aka Selfish Talk, hosted by me, Olenike O.C. Selfish Babe is a personal development and women's lifestyle brand dedicated to women learning how to selfishly and authentically love themselves. On this podcast, expect to have your mind expanded, curse words said, and to gain a new perspective about who the fuck you are. Let's get into it. The Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast is sponsored by my company, Goddess Detox. Goddess Detox is a holistic wellness company dedicated to providing women with self-love-inspired products to physically, spiritually, and emotionally detox. If you are a woman wanting to detox her ex, detox negative emotions, as well as to get more in tune with yourself and your vagina, check out our Goddess Vaginal Detox Pearls, as well as our Queen's Theme and Queen's Throne Combo, which is the in-home vaginal steam set for your convenience. You can find out more information on our products at goddessdetox.org, as well as follow at goddessdetox on Instagram. Tell them Olenike OC sent you. Hey, beautiful Selfish Babes. It is your girl, Olenike Osi here, back with another Selfish Babes Selfish Talk podcast. And today I have the beautiful Sheila Marie. And today we're going to talk about how do you deal with toxic parents? Say hey. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. And so for the Selfish Babe audience who do not know anything about you, what would you want them to know? Right. Well, hello, Selfish Babes. My name is Sheila. As she mentioned, I'm CEO and founder of Curvy Curly Conscious. I've been able to touch over the lives of a quarter of a million women of color, invite them to live happier and healthier. I'm a meditation enthusiast, and I speak to mostly first-generation healers and women that are like the first women in their family to get therapy, to look into all these healing arts, not really the first, but the first to have the luxury and the time and the capacity in the way that we do. So that's all I do really through sharing my story, through working through toxic upbringing and all of that into healing in my forever healing journey. And that's pretty much who I am. And if you're at the end of this, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can follow me at the Sheila Marie or Curvy Curly Conscious at Curvy Curly Conscious on Instagram. Yeah, uh, she's been definitely putting on some great workshops as well as retreats. I know you have one coming up, right? Yeah, we have Unruly coming up on July 31st to August 5th. Yeah, I'm so excited. So yeah, that's in Mexico. And one last year was in Jamaica. So if you are looking for retreats, I definitely would recommend Curvy Curly Conscious as a plug. So mm-hmm. especially want to be around a lot of other women as well. Mm-hmm. So, as you guys know, for those of you who are watching, if you guys are watching on my YouTube page at Olenike OC, 
Hey, if you are listening and you want to watch it, definitely you can watch this podcast on YouTube at my channel at Olenike OC or click the link below in the description. And so before I have any guests really kind of talk about the topic at hand, I do always want that selfish babe to talk about, you know, what experience or traumatic experience or obstacle that they may have gone through, just so the selfish babe listening understands that you're either still going through it, either still processing, or like, what are ways that can be helped? Because for me, it's always good to see, you know, inspiration from people, from people winning, right? They may be doing all these wonderful, amazing things, but then sometimes we forget. I think when we see all people winning, we kind of forget that they're human. It's like they don't, they're not human anymore, and I know that they are, and that they've gone through their own shit. Cursing is fine, by the way. They've gone through their own shit. And so I just wanted to ask about you, <laughs> Sheila, like what have you been meddled to my story, the cursing? <laughs> Um, what have you been through that you yeah, know? you know, I um, pretty much got a lot of my um, audience from social media. So people followed me. And, like, the two things that people ask me to speak about the most are my relationship. I have talked about having a toxic relationship with my mom. Or I have in the past identified my mom as being toxic. And other members of my family, too. So toxic family members and then also relationship. They want to know oh, you look like you're in this really healthy, thriving relationship. How'd you get there? And it's interesting because I forget that people look at your social media, you know, the highlight reel, and they take it and they make this bigger story about it. And I'm like, wow, I have to remember where I came from as well. One story that I think was really pivotal to my healing journey and just like it lit a fire under me. I'll never forget this day. I had been in a relationship with somebody who was emotionally abusive. And I'm going to say I was emotionally abusive at the time too, because I know that language. Emotional abuse is like my first language. And that's what I speak very well. And I don't choose to use that language as much anymore unless I get super triggered because I'm still human. But that was my first language. So I know that. So I saw that in him and we saw that in each other. And so our relationship was extremely toxic. And so it was this day uh, he was saying to me, and I had said, like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, we need to get, I'm, I'm also living with roommates at the time. It's not even like I have my own place. So all the in, inappropriate stuff that was going on was not only embarrassing to me, but, you know, I have to consider my roommates. And I'm like, yo, on behalf of my roommates, I have so much respect for them. You have to leave. Like, I just can't do this anymore. Yeah. And, of course, I knew it was going to be drama. Oh, my God, I knew it. I was rebracing myself. Yeah. And so he started taking his things down. We live in a brownstone, so it's like stairs. He's going up and down the stairs. He's taking his stuff. And, like, making sure to do it in a – so it's a Friday night. So yeah. my roommates, there's there some of them are – and it's New York and the brownstone. You can pretty much hear everything, right? So it's, the walls are kind of thin. There's two people in the living room having a glass of wine on a Friday night. So I know that everybody's hearing what's going on. I'm already embarrassed. I'm already feeling passing the living room going up and down the stairs. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because like there's it's called we used to call it the long hallway. And my room is at one end and the 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 entrance to the house where the living room is on the other end. So he's going through crossing the entire length of the house, going back and forth, dragging things and making you know, just making a scene. I was like, all right. He gonna make a scene. He gonna embarrass me. That's cool. I put my headphones in and I was like, I think I was listening to music. I don't know what I was into because he was just going off and I was nothing I could do to stop it at this point. If I tried to say, Hey, can you be quiet? Like it would have just made everything worse. So 
The finally gets his last final thing he's taken out. It's a box. And he rips the headphones from my ears. And he's like, yeah, you know what? You're a bitch. Hmm. Yeah, bitch. I hope I'm the first person to ever call you that, you whack-ass bitch. And then he walked out. And I was like, I just started laughing. Like, I don't know why I got this. Because it was like, oh, my God, you really thought you did something. You thought you was the first person. You weren't. You weren't. The first person was my mom to call me a black bitch. And that was the first person. My mom's not black, by the way. So it at the same time, like, it triggered me into, like, I, I didn't even get sad. I didn't even, you know, victim consciousness. It was something that I had been working through at that time. I wasn't hurt. Yeah. At the moment, I wasn't sad. I was more so like, oh my God, it felt like a light bulb, an epiphany moment where I was like, um, okay, so I'll never be here again. And I'm like, I feel emotional talking about this story again. Like this. Yeah. But I just remember thinking, I'll never be here again. I'll never be treated like this again. I'll never be in this place again. Who knows where I'll be, but this ain't it. And whatever, whatever subconscious scripts, whatever karmic circles, patterns, Whatever childhood beliefs that I have adopted and agreed on, whatever it is that is making me 25, whatever plus years later, relive the same humiliation, the same hurt, the same pain, the same exact scenario that I experienced with my mom at five years old. I will never be in this again. So that really, from that moment, I just decided that whatever I got to do, I'm going to do it. And that's when I started my whole, I committed to my healing journey like it was a job. Because I was like, I, I don't want this. I don't, I don't want this anymore. I don't want to keep creating this. Yeah. Um, how would you describe emotional abuse? Because I know that you said that that was your first language. So like, and it was emotional like- abuse is, you know, it's the most sinister kind, man. It's insidious. I love that word, insidious. Because <laughs> if, 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 if like, if I told you that, let me see. Let me see. If I was like, man, my mom is beating on me and she's leaving welts and bruises and blah, blah, blah. And I put that on social media. Everybody would agree that that's not right. That's not right. You should leave. If a nigga's hit on you, oh my God, girl, don't tolerate that. But if a nigga's lightly low key putting you down, kind of dismissing you, um, gaslighting you, like it's harder to pinpoint those things. And then in the black community, people will be like, well, what up? My mama, my mama beat my ass. I'm good or whatever. My mama, yeah. she talked to me any kind of way. I'm good. So it's like emotional abuse to me is taking the, th- taking the triggers, the pain points, the weak spots, like taking all of the stuff that's inside of you, all that soft spot. Like imagine the inside of your body, the intestines, like the things that are soft. And then when, when the time comes, you use it like putting a hook in them. Like they know where to go. People that use emotional abuse are using things, intimate ways of knowing against you to hurt you or to manipulate you. Got it. I mean, that's not probably not a clinical definition, but that's my experience. Yeah, and that's okay. We don't need no clinical definition. That's (laughs) that's very relatable and honest because I can visualize those hooks going into those soft spots. And you had mentioned that at that point, that was enough. That part, that end of that relationship was enough for you. And then you had started your healing journey. So for you, what was your first thing? What was your first step in your healing journey? What was the first like, okay, that you, that you account as your healing journey? Oh, well, I was, I was, I had a multi-layered approach, but I was reading the book Radical Forgiveness during that moment. Like I was already reading it. And then as it happened, 
it helped me just to see in radical forgiveness the idea that stuck with me the most and which i'm glad i started reading it before that moment because it allowed me to see that moment as an opportunity for change and as a gift and allowed me to see that man as my angel as opposed to me being a victim and then being a perpetrator because in colin tipping and he just passed away he just passed away last week cancer yeah colin tipping is the author of radical forgiveness and and what he lays out in the book is that everything exists within everyone. Everything that I have, you know, every, all the propensity for me to be Mother Teresa, for me to be Martin Luther King, for me to cure cancer, for me to be Hitler, it's all there, right? So it, it, when you see someone else and you judge them, and it, like especially people that have, that inspire intense emotions in you, whether it's adoration, admiration, or negative, quote unquote, like, you know, uh, rage and anger or fear and pain, if you spot it in somebody else, it is also, it is also a signal that it's within you. So yeah. in that moment, I was like, wow, he's so selfish. He doesn't know how to control his emotions. He needs help. Like he really needs therapy. You know, he's, he's, uh, it's impossible to make him happy. He's never happy. All of those things were things that were within me too, mm -hmm. that I was judging and repressing and when you repress it and you push it down and you separate it and say that's not me that's not me it becomes like that movie us with the tethered people you, yeah. make, you make a tethered person that is going to come and find you one way or another mm -hmm. and so he was presenting my shadow to me it was just yeah. a mirror like that situation what i saw was everything that was in me i still feel like that i still feel like a black bitch you know i still feel like a weak bitch i still feel like i'm not good enough those are the things that he would not be saying it to me if it was not within me. You will not be reflected something that is not within you. And so what I chose to do was like look in the mirror and be like, thank you for showing me that which needs to be healed and just moved in that direction. That was it. That's my only option. There is no other option. The only other option is victim consciousness and there's no healing. Yeah. And after that relationship, after the end of that relationship, were y'all done done? Did y'all continue communicating after that or y'all was done done? I think we went to the park the next day. It's yeah. so funny. So I wasn't done done immediately, but I was never in it again in mm -hmm. that way. I think it tapered off over like the next month. Like maybe I saw him a few times. Yeah. But it couldn't, the same tricks couldn't work on me anymore. I don't know. It was a shift. Mm -hmm. Like I started mm -hmm. to do and I started to see what was, it was almost as if I could like step outside of it. And I would start to see the patterns and see what happened and yeah. then call them out as opposed to like getting, you know, wrapped up like in the tumbleweed or whatever. And so, no, we didn't really continue like that. No. Okay. I'm glad you said that because I know sometimes because I could be like, all right, I'm done. Bye. Peace out. We done for real. But then I know some people are like, now nah, we're not really done. We still may have a friendship or may things may be going on. I don't know. Everybody's like me. So that's why I wanted to hear your perspective on was y'all done done or not done? Because I could tell people all day, be done, don't talk to that person for months. But that don't mean that may be their healing journey. They may have to communicate with that person some more. So I just I did human design. I don't know what I did. Gene code, gene key. One of these things I did. And it was like saying that it's like a, a part of me like I... I might not be done immediately, but whenever I do decide I'm done, it's, it's so, I, I never go back. I don't know what it is, but like, it's just, it's almost a part of the thing of like where I fear going back to that place. I feel like if I go back to you, I also go back to the set of beliefs and the person that I was when I chose you. 
and I don't want that. And it's yeah. like not even the person, it's just that, that I don't want to be, that I'm like, no, no, yeah. no, I can't. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that story. I'm sure Thank a lot you. of stories out there um, can relate. And even if they are going through their own personal, emotional, abusive relationship, um, I would want them to be able to hear that story as well. So thank you for sharing that. And so on today's episode, I really wanted to talk about how to deal with toxic family members. I know for me, um, even though me and my mom's relationship is so much more better than it was when I was younger, I come from a Jamaican household and it was a single mother household. Um, there was for me, I can now look back and see what would I have liked as a child, right? I would have liked more uh, emotional connection. I would have liked more expression of feelings and I would have liked more physical touch. At one point I had um, went to my mom, I think when I was 24, I'm 27 now, and I had come home and we were talking and then I, I think I asked her, um, do you love me? Because I literally did not feel like me because it was just like people can say this okay especially in black households well I've put the roof over your head I've done this I've done this and I agree that is true you took care of me for my physical needs but then there's those emotional needs that are starving and yeah. so I had asked her I was like hey you know do you love me she was like why would I ask that like why would you think I not love you and I told her the reasons why which is well, you never really say it much. You're not really emotional. I really can't tell. You know, I really can't tell. And so um, we had a conversation. She's like, yes, I do love you. But there was another point. I think I had a podcast about this where I had was on the phone with her. And I don't forget what we were talking about, but I had said everything, like almost everything I really wanted to say, just, just in terms of me growing as a person, because I'm at a point now where I don't want to just know my mom as being my mom. I want to know her as a human being. I want to know her personal experience. Right. And I want her to know me as well as a person. And that includes everything. And so um, currently I'm in a relationship with a woman, but my mom does not agree with that. But I was able to tell her on the phone because I didn't want to be lying and sneaking around. And I wanted her to know me as a person because I'm going to tell the rest of the world. So why not you? <laughs> and so, I don't know, the conversation was kind of heated, but in that conversation, I remember saying, um, I would like you, for, I, love, I would like for you to tell me that you love me more. I really appreciate that. And she had said, well, I don't have to tell you that I love you. And I said, you're right. You don't have to tell me, but I'm going to communicate that I want that so that you know, so that, so that I have vocally said this. So you can never be like in the back of your mind, I didn't know what Vanessa wanted or what Vanessa didn't need. Like, I know. And so... That had passed, and then at one point we had we were on the phone, and I was like, "Okay, I love you," and then she was like, "I love you too," and I was like, "Oh, you know," I was like, "Yeah, it was like she didn't, may not have agreed to that right away, may have been in her own in her own ways or whatever, but at some point it clicked to her like Vanessa needs to hear this." And sometimes if I'll say I love you, she may be like, you too. And it may not be I love you there. But at least I heard it that one time. Right. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm trying to say? And so for me, that was really important because growing up, again, we didn't have a lot of I love you's. We didn't even have a lot of hugs. And so I would go see my friend, um, my, my, one of my best friends and her family's Haitian, really close, always having family gatherings and going to each other's things, lots of weddings and hugs and I love you's. And I was like, wow, I feel like my friend taught me a lot about family, like the family that I may have quote unquote wanted, that type of emotional support. Thank you. 
same way. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way. And my so friends are my family. Like Ah, I like that. Your friends are your family. They are. They are because what's a family? Like, is it a unit? It's like survival of the tribe to me. And I have a tribe. And you know, mm-hmm. they're there for me all the time. I think it um you know, toxicity, when we say like toxic family members, I think toxic is like anything that doesn't support your emotional, spiritual, physical health. Mm. And toxicity can be normalized. Yeah. And just, you know, a, a lot of, like, just because it's normal doesn't mean it's right yeah. or it's okay or that it should continue to the next generation. Yeah. And that's where a lot of people stop when it comes to this conversation. Well, that's how my mama did it, and I'm fine, and this, you know, and this and that, and, and it's just so common. What, like, y'all too sensitive? This is how black families are. Like, okay, well, this is how we are, so this is it, right? This is it. It's the best it gets. It's the good as it gets. Like, there's nothing better. Like, you know, to me, I think there's always, there's always a next level. There's always a next level of what we can, can create yeah. and, and being healthy in a family. And to me, my life is pushing the dynamic forward with my family and it's uncomfortable. And so the approach that you took with your mom is actually the opposite approach that I took with my mom. Yeah. Because I, well, my mom and pretty much any toxic member of my family, like I don't um, have conversations with them about it. And I don't try to say, Hey mom, this is what I want from you because my mother, she's never been diagnosed. I have never been shared a diagnosis, but from everything that I know, my mother suffers from mental illness. So yeah. it's like, I can't even do that because <clears throat> you, don't, you don't know what you'll get. Yeah. And it's just too, I'm too sensitive. I'm a very sensitive person. And so I, in, in terms of protecting myself, I can't even do it. Like, I, I'm like, wow, listening to you have a conversation, like, that's great. I would, I would not necessarily be able to do that. Yeah. I do it the way that I can. And yeah. so what I do is I like focus on healing whatever false thoughts I had about myself or whatever anger or resentment I had towards my mom. Like, that's why I'm here talking about toxic family members, but I feel conflicted because I don't call the relationship with my mom toxic anymore. Yeah. I don't, I don't call my mom. To- I don't, I don't refer to her like that anymore. I don't know. I no longer feel that. I understand it, but the way I just reframed it in my mind is like my mom could only give what she had, yeah. and toxicity was just generational, and that's what she grew up in, and that's what she knew. And how could my mom give me hugs, you know, and 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 say I love you, right? Like these things you want your mom to say to you and give you yeah. and tell you you're great. And how could someone who never got that do that? Yeah. So that's how I look at it now, and um, I take what I can get with my mom. Like, um, my mom was on Marco Polo. It's like a, like a, a walkie talkie video app. Yeah. I don't remember what holiday it was or something. And she kind of just said something slightly nice. Like I, I could probably find it and play it, but she was just like, all right, well, all right. It's nice to talk to you. You know, like, and she just sent me a video and I was in the car just in tears. Cause I was just like, I want nothing more than to, you know, this is funny. I talk about this all the time. I don't know what's going on today. I'm not usually emotional when I talk about these things anymore, but yeah. you know, it, I want to spend Mother's Day with my mom. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I want her around for moments, but I, I'm making peace with, I'll take what I can get. So yeah. what I do is I just do my work on a spiritual level. So what I do, like, this is what I did at the beginning of my healing journey and I do it throughout 
So <clears throat> some strategies that I use, for example. Um, Before we get there, I actually want to know your background story with your mom because oh okay yeah, yeah. a lot of you know women listening that may or may not have experienced things you know, I want to know more about your childhood and like how it was you know well I had a really I had a really cool upbringing because I just feel like it gave me so much perspective I really was I feel like I really was born to promote healing on this planet in whatever way I can because I had such a diverse I, I, I was the only person of color in my household. I was the only black person in my house, okay? My mom is is Cuban, but she's not black Cuban. She's not Afro-Cuban. She's white Cuban. And her side of the family is white Cuban, and they don't really like black people like that. Yeah. And so um, there was that. And then my mom remarried a, a white German guy and had my sister who's blonde hair and blue eyes, and she's my biological sister, but she has blonde hair and blue eyes. And then after that, she dated somebody else, and he was, like, straight up, like, you know, like, y'all come back now, you hear? Like, hillbilly, yeah. alcoholic, but he was so nice. <laughs> to this yeah. day, I love him. Like, hey, Tommy, he really was a great, he had a heart of gold, but he just cannot stop that drinking, man. But yeah. um, he, he, so, you know, I, I, I was, like, always constantly aware of race. That was one thing. And that's why I, I talk about Black women and identity all day, every day. Because, you know, people don't look at me and be like, oh, you might be biracial. You might be mixed. And I, I learned at a very young age that race was also about performance. It's mm. the performance of race. It's not about it's not about skin color only. Like, there's culture, there's ethnicity, there's a lot of things. But what I saw as a child was like, oh, I talk like this, people are going to call me an Oreo. If I use these words, I fit in. Okay, if I wear Sacconis, if I fit in. Okay, I'm listening to Master P, I fit in. Yeah. Okay, Mariah Carey, she's in the middle. I can do that. Oh, yeah. don't do Green Day. Don't do No Doubt. That's not in the rules. I was very clear of the boundaries of like, it's just to me why I loved acting, you know? Just was like an actor. You have a script, you know? You have, um, you know, movements. You have costume, everything. And it was just like, to me, that race was something that you performed. And I was very clear that I didn't perform anything right. You know, I didn't perform Cuban right because my Spanish wasn't good and I didn't have any cultural connection. My mom was like trying to whitewash it all away. Mm. I obviously couldn't perform white because skin color will say, eh, okay, can't perform blackness because I didn't grow up with any black women. Okay. I didn't have like people who have like black aunties. I have them now. I got them. Like I started getting connected with my aunties like, okay middle school and now me and my aunties are mad close I love my family and I really cherish that because as a child I always was like where are the people that look like me are these where aunts from your dad's side yeah my dad is African-American oh I didn't say that sorry my dad's African-American like black from like the south yeah so, yeah my dad was not in the picture until high school and so you know I just always watched tv and saw people you know, with their grandmas, and like, I always wanted that, and just yeah. mothers, black mothers, and just, I, you know, I, I didn't have any of that. My mom worked very hard, and then when she wasn't working, she was going through her own emotional things, and so, like, we raised ourselves a yeah. lot. I raised my sister, and so um, I remember one time we went to one of my aunts on my mom's side. Yeah. 
for Christmas and we were all excited. You know, holidays are a thing. I am a, I'm a holiday enthusiast. Like you'll see every holiday I do, I do a big, I love celebrations because my holidays were also always very lonely as a child. My mom's like the black sheep of the family. Nobody wanted her around. So mm. we were never really invited places. Mm. There wasn't really anything. I remember one Thanksgiving, um, I made that, I, I just wanted something that looked like Thanksgiving. I saw everybody doing it. I was on the TV. It was like all these holiday things. And my mom was in the room sleep and there was nothing. There was no food or anything. So yeah, I went in the, in the cabinet and made like, there was this, mashed potatoes you can make you just add water i know what you're talking about i forget what it's called and i made like i don't know what i had in the cabin i think i found frozen corn and me and my sister just sat on the floor and be you know so it was just holidays now i'm taking back everything <laughs> i'm like i'm celebrating i'm dressing up in red and white and green and i'm just doing my thing if it's two people if it's three if it's a lot so we went there to my auntie house or whatever, or my, my aunt, as I should say, that side of the family would say aunt, mm-hmm. not even tia, because then a lot of them don't speak Spanish no more. So anyway, everybody was getting these lamb chop dolls and these lamb chop dolls was in like these Macy's bags. Remember when Macy's used to have the red bag with that white star on it? Yes. So it was just like, they were all set out with the bags and we got there. I'm like, oh shit, it's going to be fucking lit. Everybody getting one. So we eat and then they start opening the presents. And my sister and I were the only black kids there. All the other, everyone there, everyone else there was white passing. So they're opening the presents. And then like the last one is given now. We're like, okay, so there's not going to be one for us. And I don't know. I don't think that they planned it that way. I just think that they didn't expect us to come. They didn't plan for us to come. Yeah. That's actually what I think as an adult, as a child, I didn't think that. But as an yeah. adult, I'm like, they just must have not knew we were coming. And everybody got a gift except me and my sister. And I, my aunt and felt so bad at the time she went in her, her room and put something in a box and then, like, gave it to us. And it was so nice of her. You know, she tried, but we got a very clear signal. Yeah. And that's one of... One day, I mean, it took me a long time to forget that, not even forget that day, but I still remember that, that feeling of just, it felt like unworthy, we're not good enough, we don't fit in. And that's why I think in my adult life, I make such a point to connect with women who look like me. It sounds silly, but it is so important, even on a biological level, like animals flock with animals that look like them. Like in nature, survival is staying with people who look like you and live like you. And so for me, I, I, I didn't even realize what I was doing as I got older with my company and everything was finding what I always wanted. And talking about a toxic family, I didn't take the approach to try to change my family. Yeah. I didn't take the approach to try to, I tried a little bit with my sisters and somebody try to get people on your, on your same page and Hey, this is why I'm doing this. And don't you understand? This is from, got, some, you know, at some point they got to do their own healing. And I've, I've learned it. I've, I've been there. They got to do their own healing. Okay. And so if the selfish spirit is listening, was like, yeah, girl, I'm trying to get the same through with my family. Not everybody's going to be on motherfucking board. And it is okay. You have to do your own healing. Do what you do. Some people may come to you after they see the results of the shit that you've been doing. Exactly. But you can't force somebody to change. Hello. And I'm just like, well, it is what it is. So, you know, I, I, I didn't take that approach. I just said, yo, this is me. This is who I am. Like it or leave it. And I'm going to create what I wanted. So yeah. to me, 
I, I like, and I release all the, I, I release all the judgment and the blame and all that from my family. Cause I wanted to clear that as much as possible. Yes. So that if I see my mom, I'll feel some type of way. Like, you know, now I see my mom, I just think it's, it's just, she's the cutest thing ever because she just does what she can. She does the best she can with what she has and, and my dad and all, all these other members. So for me, I just was like, well, what do I want? I want to feel secure. You know, I want security. I want to feel accepted. I want to feel understood. I want people to celebrate with because I am a celebration person. So that's what I did. I have a core group of friends who I've known since second grade and we do everything with each other. Right now we just text and we're doing a baby shower for one of our friends. We do everything. They're there for me at every fucking step of the way, bro. My friends- You create a family through your friends. That's what I said. My friends are my family. They are my family. Cause best believe if shit hit the fan, they're the ones that are fucking going to be there. Yeah. It's called, my friends would get together and pool money if I needed it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My friends are going to plan my bridal shower. I'm planning a wedding. Yeah. With, not to know, it, 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 it was sad for me to say this the other day because I didn't even know. I don't know shit about weddings. Fucking, yeah. my family's, there, there are some marriages, but not really. I, don't, I didn't see marriage in my family like that. And I really didn't go to weddings. And, so I didn't even know who plans a bridal shower. Lo and behold, I find out, that it's like people in your family supposed to plan your bridal shower. Yeah. I was like, listen, y'all, let that go. Nobody in my family is going to do anything for me. Yeah. And I'm not saying that in a negative way to yeah. blame, my, blame my family, but nobody. it's going to be, oh, I ain't got the check. Oh, I got it. Mm-mm-mm. Nobody. Oh, There's I'm nobody. Right yeah. Nobody in my family is going to be. Everybody's going to think, you got it. You pay for it. You good. You don't want it. Da, da, da. So I said, look, it's fine. But guess what? My friends are going to. Yeah. My friends are there. My friends are like, Sheila, what do you want? How can we help you? See what I'm saying? Yeah. So for me, there's this weird entitlement that comes, especially with black families, that like just because they're the, your family, they get to fucking talk to you any type of way. Yeah. And they get to disrespect you over and over and again. Oh, work. unblock them. That's your family. The no. fuck? No. For what? No. <laughs> no. I don't care. I love myself more. It matters. It matter more. I, I don't give the same person multiple opportunities to disrespect me. If yeah. I don't let strangers do that, why would I let you? Exactly. And then, oh, even if it's your mom, God forbid, your mom could drag you through the mud and do all type of stuff. And you're supposed to every time just because that's your mom. Absolutely not. Listen, you're, all of our moms chose to give us life. First of all, our moms didn't give us life. They were the vessel through yeah. which we were created. We can't create life. Like mm-hmm. It comes from beyond us. Either way, thank you, mom. Thank you for being a vessel. Yeah. But you chose to do this. You yeah. chose to bring me forth. Yeah. Don't make my whole life me paying you back yeah. for you choosing to bring me here. I yeah. thank you. I thank you. Well, I gave you food. Well, I hope you would give me food. We're just going to let me starve. <laughs> well, I, hope. I know they want DCF to come. Come on now. <laughs> well, I, I, I did all that. I, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. But at the same time, take responsibility that that's what a parent does yes. when you choose to become a parent. Yes. So for me, it was like, nah, nah, fam. Like, I, the thing about me is my rules are this. I have to move forward with kindness. Yeah. I have to move forward with love and respect. Yeah. And pero mami, that's it. Anything else, I don't need it. It's okay. I don't care. When I'm planning my wedding, honey, best believe. I don't care about your feelings. And I'm not saying that in a negative way, but unless you're cutting a check for something, yeah. 
Okay. Unless you've been there when I needed you, you yeah. feel me? It's not even about only money. Energetic is saying because money is just energy. Yeah. But if I can't, if I can't exchange energy with you at all when I need you, you're not really there. You always got excuses. Don't never come through. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. This and that. You always complaining. Blah, blah. Why do you get a say so in the important yeah. avenues of my Just because you're blood. So I like that you mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. Because Just I think that we always say, oh, well, they're my mom or blah, 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 blah. And for me, and I think that's why sometimes I have a hard time with the word loyalty. Like, oh, be loyal because we're blood. Yeah, oh my God. But that can change. So my feelings can change over time based on what you're doing. Hello. So I don't agree with that at all. I agree with what you're saying, though, because that makes sense to me because I give a fuck about myself. And I like when you had said, I love myself more. I think that's what it is. I think that's what Selfish Babe is about, is you choosing yourself first. Because people got all type of stuff to say about you because of it. And guess what? Let them talk. Selfish babes, they're going to call you selfish. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Whatever. Let them. Because like you said at the beginning, hey, like they might see the results or not. People are going to, at some point, they're going to come around. And if they don't, then so be that. Yeah. But you feel me? Like people who want so sometimes toxic families sometimes it's a pattern it's a karmic pattern and if people are choosing to agree on that pattern that's it what can you do about that i'm not gonna do that dance with you yeah i'm not gonna be down there because so you had mentioned you had mentioned that you may be the first one in your family doing certain things that nobody in your family has ever done because they've agreed to that certain type of karmic pattern and they're agreeing every single day. And also maybe didn't even have the resources. Like yeah. our moms, for example, probably was working their ass off. They yeah. didn't work from home like us. You yeah. know, they didn't have they didn't have to go see a therapist. That's expensive. When I got to pick the kids up, blah blah blah. Like, you know, our, our moms may not have had all the opportunity we had, too. I think that we're at a very interesting place where Black women have so much opportunity. We're making more money. Yes. We're traveling. We're yeah. opening consciousness into new ways. So to me, it's like, we, it's my duty. I feel like it's my duty. I feel like that, man. When yeah. I went to the museum in D.C., the African-American History Museum, when I like, you know, see documentaries and see what women have been through in the past and what our mothers have been through, it's like not only my right, it's my duty to live well. That is a fucking selfish affirmation. It is my duty to live well. It really is. It's my duty to live well. Write that shit down. Yes, sir. (laughs) Before, like, before you... When you were just a baby, like think about it like your mom. Like, let's say if you're at a point now where your mom or your family, your family doesn't understand you and they don't like the choices that you're making and blah, blah, blah. When you were first born and you came and the family all came to see you at the hospital and you were this cute ass little baby, didn't everybody look at that baby and be like, I just want you to have better than I did? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's what you're choosing to do. That's it. Yeah, but because we're not cute little babies anymore, it's a little different. <laughs> because what if that little baby decides to date a woman? Exactly. And that's what makes her happy. Yes, exactly. You know, so it's hard, man, because when, when you're like, sh- you know, shaking, rocking the boat, you're shifting, you're presenting people to, no, you are providing a space where people have to look at their beliefs. Yes. 
and keep in mind that a lot of times that that's what people are upset about. Yes. They're not upset at you, really. They're at, they're upset at what you represent. Yes. Because if you came from the same Petri dish and yes. you do all this, that might say to them that they, they're not doing what, like, that they could be doing more. Yeah. Or they could be living in a different way or they could, yeah. because a lot of people are going to cling to the belief, well, this is where we're from, from the hood, this is what it is. This how and, and they stay there because we have that personal belief. And we don't have to do that. And so when you had mentioned being the first one in your family, because you are changing karmic patterns, right? I think a lot of us are. I think a lot of the subject even listening, I think that we are doing that. And so when it comes to doing things differently than how your family did it, it's a necessity if you want to shift the upcoming generations, whether or not you choose to be a mother. I'm going to say that. Whether or not you choose to be a mother, you are shifting the energy of your family. And so when you had said that it is, it's just your duty to live well, it is absolutely a duty to live well. And so if you are a selfish babe listening, was like, well, my parents are not agreeing and they're not going to get on board. I'm going to say, fuck all that. Work on you because you're going to attract the things that you need to attract and you're going to be better for the upcoming generation. And, and ask yourself, are you on board with yourself? <laughs> like, I, are you on board? Whatever you want from them, think about how you need to give that to yourself. Do yes. you accept yourself? Yes. Do you, make peace with the steps that you're making yeah. like let that be the focus because exactly. the more that we choose to accept ourselves radically and love ourselves and believe me most of us on this planet have critically low self-esteem yes the more that we we learn to love ourselves the more that we not only are the example we are the light in the cave but the more that you demand that on an energetic level from other people mm -hmm. it just doesn't it, it just won't same since when I was talking about the guy, like it kind of fall off. Like yes, I love that. I think that's yeah. very very important. Now, now I know that you. I want to talk about how you kind of forgave because you said when you look at your mom, you don't want to think what she could have did better or blah blah blah. You want to just see her as as what she's able to give right now. So how are you able to get to that point of forgiveness or just accepting your mom where she is now? <laughs> So in my adult life, um, I, I just got to the point, being with Ace has caused me to really, I, he, he constantly teaches me the lesson to have nice things. And I love that because I really need that reminder a lot. I don't like, I feel guilty spending money on clothes and blah, blah, blah. So in my adult life before him, I never spent money on clothes. I didn't spend money on shoes. I didn't, I spent money on art and healing. Yeah. I have truly prioritized my healing. Yeah. And some people, I think people want to make it like a side thing, but I mean, I get it. It's hard. It's scary. Nobody wants to confront this shit. It's, it's not the funnest thing all the time, but I have done traditional talk therapy. I've done energetic healing and a lot of meditation work. So yeah. like meditations where I would go back and imagine my mom as a baby and, and imagine her going through like, like all type of stuff like, like that. You know what I mean? Like, where it gave me a lot of empathy for her. So definitely a lot of spiritual work, a lot of meditations. And then also um, I would write letters to her, but never give them to her. Never, never. Cause it's not about them. It's about you, how you feel about it. I do this thing where like, I have a protective prayer that I, I like go in a room. I'll be by myself. If I have a, I'll say a protective prayer that everything that I say is interpreted to the universe as light and love because <clears throat> what we give out we get back so I don't want to give this out and get it back yeah. and then I just like I just have a pretend like, like I have a whole conversation cuss them out do what you need to do 
say what they need to say. Oh, fucking you didn't, uh, yeah, you're a bitch, we're all. Like you just go in and then I breathe. I give thanks at the end. I say a prayer at the end. I do that a lot. I have done that so many times. Whenever people piss me off, I do that. Yeah. It really helps. Because it gives you the feeling of, of, you know, like sometimes you need that feeling. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it like this. Yeah. yeah gives you that so then if you ever do end up having that conversation with them it's not as charged yeah but also you might not need to have that conversation with them I also go into a meditation and have a conversation with her spirit to my spirit Mm -hmm. like sometimes you can't do it at an ego level but like I can communicate with her spirit and be like hey um I guess we're we're teaching each other a lesson where we're providing an experience yeah thank you for this experience I'm glad for this experience uh, I would like to, I would request that the lesson be learned and that this dance that we're doing be over and we can interact in a new way. And like, honestly, like allow the spirits to like, okay, so we great. We, we learn nothing. Can we do it now? Okay, great. We can do a new thing now. Yay. You know, and then let it, let go and let be. Sometimes all of the work isn't us. Sometimes it's beyond us too. Yeah. I do as much as I can and then I let go. I like the perspective of you, um, Communicating with your mom's spirit, I think that's very powerful. And I feel that you doing that is doing something. And so, very, if you guys don't already know, I'm very into the unseen world, very into the spiritual realm. Because for me, whatever we have here physically is in the spiritual realm first. So, that's why I'm really big on affirmations and really big on visualizations. And um, even me, ancestor veneration, talking with my ancestors. So, for me, you know you may not like, you know, have maybe a necessarily a great relationship with your family, but I always think it's very important for us to communicate with our ancestors, very important for us to communicate with those who came before, because um, not all of your ancestors are currently like how your current family is. You know, sometimes when people transition into the spirit realm, they look at things from a different perspective and they may be like, oh, wow, I could have done this better. Oh, wow, I couldn't have done this better. And so me speaking with my ancestors helps to elevate my family's lineage as well as helps to elevate me in this physical realm so that I can do more to continue to elevate our family lineage. And so um, even if your family is not ideal or maybe toxic, still honor your ancestors, you know, we have a whole episode coming about ancestor veneration soon. But for me, that's water, that's a white candle, that's white cloth, and a person of good character that may have passed away without your image in it. So I have an image of my grandmother because she was a person of good character. Sometimes you may not know who was of good character in your family. And so you want to say, hey, I'm speaking to my ancestors of good character. You want to make sure you say that because we may have family members that may have passed, but that could have been the pedophile. That could have been a rapist, you never know, in your family blood. So you want to say a person of good character. And you had mentioned um, writing a letter to your mom's, your mom in general. I think that's beautiful. And when you were talking about that, I was going to like pause it, but I think that everybody should hear this. When you were talking about that, you know, you're by the water, you're by the ocean. And so for the Selfish Babe listening, if you do have, um, a not so good relationship with your mom, I think it'll be very ideal to write down a letter to your mom of like what you would have liked, um, accepting her for where she is and your plans on how to move the family forward 
and then put in some, just put in some good stuff in there, but get everything out, honestly. And then if you're near an ocean, you're near an ocean. So I want you to take that letter and I want you to give an offering to Yamoya. So Yamoya is a deity in Ifa or Yoruba culture, and she is seen as the great mother. So the ocean is the great mother. And so it's like, if we don't have mothers in our physical realm, we can always go to Yamoya because she's the mother to all of us. She's the ocean. And so um, you can take a white coconut, some, some rum, molasses, something sweet and orange. I honestly just want you to pick it. There's like, you can Google offerings to Yamaya and you can see what she likes. But I, I honestly want you to feel how you feel in your heart to get something, a fresh piece of fruit or something and take that with the letter and then give it to the ocean. But take the offering with it into the ocean and just allow it to go into the ocean. Because I really believe that will be providing um, you and your mom's relationship some really good energy, some really good healing. And I'm not saying to like hold your breath, but I really think that it can provide some really, really good energy. So for the selfish babe listening that may be interested in a way on how to heal the dynamic between you and your mother, as well as even the dynamic, if you decide to have kids and how are you going to be a mother? How do you show up as a mother in this world? Whether you have kids of your own, whether they're other people's kids, or whether you mother, because I feel like we can mother our friends sometimes, depending on the situation, you mother in some type of way. So how do you show up as a mother in this world? I think that can be um, very healing for that type of energy. But I totally agree with Sheila when she was talking about the letter. And when she had talked about the letter, I just really imagined you in particular um, going to the ocean with your letter, with your offering to Yamoya, um, because that that's going to provide some really wonderful healing. But I also felt like everybody listening should hear that, um, because I think it's just a wonderful thing to do. I know I've been told to write a letter, not for my mom, but more so for my dad, because my dad passed away when I was a baby. And so I have no idea about him. I just know a little bit that my mom has shared, because I think it's like a a pain point where she doesn't want to talk about it, but I've, you know, had readings telling me that, and so it also reminded me, oh, you just need to write a letter to your dad, so I actually do that, so writing letters, that, that intention, I always talk about intention, your intention is very important, just like uh, Sheila talking about going in the room, saying that whatever comes out is love and light, but she's being able to curse out who the fuck she want to curse out, and that, can, that energy can be transformed and transmuted to something else, right? She's not talking to directly to that person, but she's getting it out. So for me, that writing that letter is um, a spiritual action that you're doing. You're really shifting yeah. something on an energetic level. Yeah, 100%. I love that. Is there anything else that you wish to share about the relationship between you and your mom? Um, no, I just think that for, I mean, the last thing I can, I can say is that I think that, um, also a lot of the work I was doing healing I would like as I was healing the relationship with my mother and I I was healing childhood Sheila but also to paving the way for me to be a mother I mean I know I I know spiritually like I'm getting close to when I'm gonna be a mom and so um I thought that I I knew that like it's just it's the parallel like if I can't go back and heal this I just wanted to learn everything that I could learn and heal as much as I could so that I can move forward with like as much wisdom and 
just good juju for me to be a mom. Like, you know, I, I think about all the traumatic childbirths that, that black women are having and all of the deaths and all of the, the trauma, the womb trauma that all the black women that I know are experiencing. And I know what I know on a spiritual level that it's not all physical. Yeah. A lot of that is energy. And I just knew like, I want an easy birth. I want a happy pregnancy. I want a healthy child. I want to love being a mother. And so like all of this too was paving the way for that. Yeah. And I've been, oh, I've been communicating. I feel like I'm going to have a girl and then a boy. I've been seeing them for a bit. I love that. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. So she's already been communicating with her too. Oh, I, I just asked them like, make me ready, man. That's it. Just make me like worthy in a sense. Not worthy, but like prepare me that I'll, that I'll be the best in the best situation for y'all, which is why, like, I think I never, I just knew these fuck niggas in the past. I was like, ain't no way I'm going to get pregnant by y'all. It's called, I'm careful, birth control, everything. So I was like, I will never, I feel like I love my children in advance so much that at the very least, I was reading bell hooks all about love. And at the very least, they deserve to be wanted by both parents. Yeah. Like she was reading, uh, there was a passage in her book where she was like, she doesn't, she thinks it's interesting when women are like, they ch- try to trap men with a baby or like other women will be like, girl, don't worry, just get them, you know, and then get your baby. As if your child doesn't deserve, like robbing them of the first fundamental right, like of the first love they'll ever have from dad. Like, yeah. no, like they deserve to be wanted. They deserve to be expected. They deserve to be. So, and at, at the very least, I can't predict what will happen, but at the very fucking least, I know that my children will be wanted yes. by both parents and not just the mom. Yes. You know what yes. I'm saying? Very, very fucking important. Both because I, all about love by Bell By Bell Hooks. Oh, important. It's so, <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good that I can't even, I have to read 15 pages at a time. It's like, whoa, Bell Hooks, read it. Just anything she writes, read it but especially all about love. It's to me like, it's like a foundational text when, when you're thinking about love. It's like something you're going to always go back to. I love it. I'm going to put yeah. that in the description as well as the app so the Selfish Dreams can definitely check it out. Um, yeah. I think the energy that you're giving on an energetic level is so important um, to the relationship that you're going to have with your kids. But then also I think the fact that you actively provide yourself with what you didn't have as a child and so I think another thing that you have been doing in terms of your healing process is actively providing things that you wanted when you weren't a child. And after yeah. that, we can celebrate the motherfucking holidays. And that's what the fuck we doing today. You know, and I <laughs> love that. And I think that's exactly. it's like at a certain point, this, I have to say this, at a certain point, you reach your age of accountability. For me, it's for me, it's 18. But once you get out of the house, you reach an age of accountability where it's like, yeah, your parents did this, this, and that. And you came out however you came out. But what is the self-accountability that I'm taking for myself? How am I coming out? What am I doing? And so now I'm 27. I can't be sitting here looking at my mom like, well, I'm like this because of blah, 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 you and you and you. What am I doing for myself today that that my inner child is going to be so happy and excited about? What am I doing for myself? And so for the Selfish Babe listening, um, really take a note of what Sheila is, how, how Sheila is living her life in terms of even just that act of celebrating holidays because her inner child really wanted that, right? And so as an adult, that's what she's doing. So I want you to ask yourself the question, what am I doing for my inner child today that I really would have really loved 
back in the day instead of me sitting here and looking and like, dang, I wish I would have had that. But what are you doing today? How can you get there? If you can't get it today, how can you get there? That's my thing about self-accountability because I don't want to be wrapped up in like, this is that. We can heal from it, but we also have our own lives to live as well. So thank you so much, Sheila. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm sure the Selfish Babe listenings are loving it, but where can they follow you again on Instagram? At the Sheila Marie or at Curvy Curly Conscious. Yeah, definitely check out um, Curvy Curly Conscious. She has a lot of different events and um, online webinars and workshops. So if you really want to get your healing on, I would definitely direct you to Sheila Marie. Thank you, beautiful. Yay, thank you so much and much love to all the selfish babes. Hey, beautiful. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Selfish Babe Selfish Talk podcast. If you feel like this episode has helped you in any way and you think that it could be impactful to a girl or a woman that you know, definitely send this episode to her. Also, make sure to download our Selfish Babe app to receive self-love inspirational messages throughout your day found in the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. You can also head over to our website, SelfishBabe.com, to join the community. Follow at SelfishBabes with an S on Instagram. Or you can also follow me on Instagram at OlinigayLC. I affirm that you have an amazing day. I will connect with you on the next episode. And I love you. Mwah.